a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 10 is here, and we are happy to bring back a very special segment this fall. We spend six minutes talking with Ole Miss senior guard and preseason all-SEC selection, Nick Broker, about all things football, thanks to Andrew Harvey, your local country financial agent. Let's get right to it. Here's Nick Broker on 6 Minutes with Sauce. I am happy to announce and welcome back Nick Broker for another fall and another segment of 6 Minutes with Sauce brought to you by Andrew Harvey, your local country financial agent right here in Springfield. Um, first of all, let's get started with this, Nick. What does it feel like to be back in the swing of things, back doing this, back ready for football this Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, um, you know, it's something you kind of wait all year for to kind of get ready for football season. So I'm really happy it's here. The last time we talked was, you know, on, on this podcast anyway, was um, probably, what, early January when we talked about, you know, the end of the football season and kind of what was next. Um, and there was the option of having, you know, having the NFL. What Can you kind of walk me through that process of how that went and what, what kind of the thought process was about coming back? Yeah, I mean, a big thing for me was due to my arm length that I uh, played guard in the NFL and I've never played guard before, so I felt like it was best for me in my career to come back, play a year of guard, and kind of learn that and put that on tape before deciding to uh, enter the uh, NFL draft. How do those conversations go? Who do you need? Who do you talk to about that? And, you know, how do you say, hey, coach, uh, I, need, I need a year under my belt to do this? Yeah, I mean, it starts with the school, and that's one thing I was very fortunate about was Coach Kiffin was very upfront with me about everything, told me what was best for me in my future, and told me all the information, and then, you know, just talk about it with my parents and pray about it and make the best decision I can. And it's not like there's a bad decision in this case, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I mean, that was something else that was, you know, really refreshing was, you know, I didn't feel like either way I could really go wrong. There's, I mean, it's, we've talked about it a lot, but... Um, the fun that you have in Oxford and what you've been able to accomplish, what you've been able to experience is is really something that uh, I think you understand that not a lot of people get to do. So to have another year and just to be able to say, hey, you know, I, I really get to enjoy this one um, has got to be, you know, just kind of a bonus at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now I know this is kind of it. And like you said, you know, this is a really special place and have a really nice group of guys to play around, a really good team, really great staff. So, you know, uh, it's really fun to, you know, be a part of something as great as this. So when you do decide to come back, and like you said, you're making the move to guard, what is it that you've been working on for the last, you know, seven months to get you ready for a senior season at a new position? Yeah, I mean, I felt like, Number one, you know, what is playing a new position? You know, I kind of had to acclimate to that, get used to that. Uh, you know, just doing everything at a little extra, you know, eating right, you know, getting the right sleep, hydrating, and then obviously working on my craft and getting better on and off the field and, you know, a lot more films, uh, hours spent. There's plenty of people who don't quite understand football or don't know and would just say, hey, you're just the big dude up front. What's the difference between moving over a position? What What would you kind of say to try to explain what how big of a jump it is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, tackle you with a lot more space, a lot more speed. Guard, you're kind of protected in a way. I mean, you got two guys on each side still, but you're kind of working, like like I like to say, like almost in a telephone booth. You know, it's a lot tighter area, a lot bigger guys. So um, as far as like the angles and everything, it's a little different. In terms of... You know your size and your your um, you know weight. What kind of what did you wrap up at last year at the end of the year? And kind of what what's the ideal weight for a, a guard in the SEC? Yeah, I think I finished last year 
around like 306, 307. Now more like 312, 313. How does that happen? Just eating, eating good? I know you're a big fan of cooking, so is that just kind of the way it is? Yeah, definitely. I think the hardest thing is you, know, you got to put on weight the right way. And I feel like that's something I've done well is, you know, not only have I uh, put on weight, but I've gotten faster, leaner, and stronger and everything. I think that's always like the main goal with it is not to put on weight the wrong way. Now that you're a senior on this team, you're you're definitely a leader. You're definitely a guy that, you know, everybody looks at. What's the opportunity like to say, you know, you get the chance to experience SEC media days and, and say, not only are you representing one of the best programs in the country, but the SEC media days is one of the biggest, you know, things in the country. When it comes to football, the SEC is is king. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was such a cool experience. And it was truly an honor to represent my university that I'm a part of because there's so many other great guys in that locker room that could have done what I did so you know being one of the ones that was chosen you know it was really cool and it was definitely an experience I won't forget was there any tough questions that you were asked that you weren't sure quite how to answer uh not really and that's another thing like they kind of prepped us before yeah. we went in like the whole flight there they were kind of like alright this is kind of like this is who you're going to meet with um and these are kind of a list of questions that we'll expect, they'll, like, they'll expect you to get asked and we kind of had like another thing too, like if I got asked something, you know, I was with uh, one of our members of the media team and they, you know, text another member of the media <laughs> team be like, all right, Nick just got asked this, like, tell me, go, like, he's probably going to get asked this and same with me, you know, I know Cedric got asked something and right away I got a text, I'm like, hey, they should ask Cedric this, like, be ready. Yeah. Um, when, when stuff like that happens, or not only that, but like when you're traveling there, you're traveling with Coach Kiffin, who is one of the absolute best when it comes to interviews. Um, can you just kind of feel that sort of, you know, confidence and swag coming from him? Like, hey, you know, this program is behind you 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he kind of has that feeling of him. And like you said, I mean, there's kind of a moxie and a swag, too. And I think we all appreciate it. We kind of all get a sense from it as well. All right, that's six minutes, so I got one more question for you. Um, as we go into this this first game on Saturday, you guys are ranked twenty first in the country. Does that does that feel like a little bit of a slight after what you know you guys were able to accomplish last year? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you know it's a bit of big motivation for us. Um, definitely, I mean, but going ahead, you know, last year I don't think we were ranked at all going into the season. So from that standpoint, I guess it is a positive, but. Um, you know, each week we're just going to try and do our best and go one and do whatever it takes to do that. All right, man, that's it for this week. Thank you for your time. We're happy to have you back on and uh, look forward to watching you again all fall on, on all sorts of networks. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks to Andrew Harvey for the sponsorship. Happy to jump on the NIL bandwagon and get Nick a few extra dollars each week and have him keep us updated on all things football at Ole Miss and in the SEC. Now, let's talk about week one of the high school football season in Illinois. Last week, we got things started with the Leonard Bowl, and it was awesome. A great crowd, a great game, and no major injuries that I'm aware of. The Cyclones beat the Rockets to move to 1-0, and Sigurdar Griffin asserts themselves as the top team in the CSA and likely in 4A football. Don't listen to what the AP voters say. What did we see this week on Monday? Got a chance to check out Williamsville versus Rochester Volleyball, and the Rockets swept the Bullets in straight sets, but don't dismay, Bullet fans. That was your first loss of the year, and you'll do just fine in the Sagamo this season and at the 2-8 level when postseason rolls around. On Tuesday, 
We had a big-time soccer matchup in the CS8 featuring the SHG Cyclones hosting the Springfield High Senators. And what can I say? Kyle Ward does it again. Last week, he scores the game winner to lift SHG past Rochester. This week, it's a free kick, and Ward scores the game's only goal. SHG asserts themselves at the top of the conference nine days into the season, and now they are the team to beat. Also, got to see Lutheran High Volleyball on Tuesday for the first time this year, and man, are they good. A special group. We'll get to more of that with this week's guest coming up in a couple minutes. First, let's talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450. On Thursday, we'll have Rochester at Taylorville Volleyball, the big Route 29 rivalry game, and a great test for both teams who have been to sectional title games in the past few seasons. On Friday, it's football week two. I will be at Monroe Forsyth for the Trojan Moor as Auburn comes to town. We will also have highlights of Glenwood at MacArthur, SHG versus Springfield, Riverton at Williamsville, Eisenhower at Rochester, and Pleasant Plains at Athens. On Saturday, we plan to get out to the Rocket Cross Country Invite for some early morning running, and then the title game of the Four Corners Classic for the soccer matchup on Saturday. Monday is a holiday, so enjoy Labor Day. On Tuesday, we'll be right back at it with a few big CS8 matchups. Glenwood at Uhi Soccer and Volleyball, and Springfield at Rochester Soccer and Volleyball on Tuesday evening. On Wednesday next week, we have SHG at Plains Volleyball, Glenwood at Williamsville Soccer, and maybe some Bloomington Central Catholic at SHG Soccer. Next Thursday, keep an eye on Porta at Lutheran Volleyball, Williamsville at Glenwood Volleyball, and Plains at Jacksonville Volleyball. Now, let's get to this week's guest. It's time to talk to Lutheran High Athletic Director and Head Volleyball Coach Katie McCulley. All right, I'm joined this week by Katie McCulley to talk about volleyball, to talk about Lutheran High, to talk about family, because... Um, I know you're very involved in all those things. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I have to say congratulations. 400 wins achieved last week. Uh, not you didn't get 400 wins last week, <laughs> but you got to that milestone last week. Yes. Um, that's obviously a, a very big number. What does that kind of feel like to say, you know, I just, at that point? Yeah, it's just awesome because, you know, 15 years was last year and this is the start of my 16th and it's just one of those things that there are so many teams that had have helped me get to this point and so I had several alumni reach out and be like I'm so happy I'm a proud of that or a part of that number and and that's that's what counts it's not the wins it's the people that you're doing it with and that's what's pretty cool about just reaching that milestone because then you get to kind of look back at all the memories that has gotten that have gotten you there so so when you started what would you say was like the ultimate Oh, I'm going to be a head coach for this long, and I want to get this many. Yeah. Like, um, do you do you even oh like remember gosh. thinking like that, or is that you know? That it's funny because I remember thinking. You know, I was at SAU before as an assistant, and I loved being at the college level. But I was at the point where I was like, I want my own team. And at that point, I maybe could have kind of pursued to coaching college, but I wanted a family, and I just knew how much time it was at the college level and I was like you know I don't know if I'm gonna have a family I mean you can do it I know people do it but at that time you know I was like oh I'll go back and I feel like God was calling me back to Lutheran anyways and yeah I did not think I'd be here 15 years later I mean I knew I wanted to coach but I didn't know this long and and it's been a blessing and I I can't see myself ever being anywhere else you know unless you know unless the AD boots me yeah I don't think you can do that (laughs) I don't think they would let you do that right that would be an interesting interview. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so now that you're at the point of 400, and um, it's not like you're an old lady by any means, what is, Thanks. <laughs> what is the ultimate, you know, what would you say is achievable for you? Yeah, you know, I've actually thought about it because I, I have a lot of coaches that I look up to in the area that are not older but have been around a long time, and, and a few 
Donna Dooley was at Pulaski and you're kind of like, wow, I wonder if I can coach that long. And I think I can, but it's a long time to get to that point. Um, But I feel like I blinked and 15 years have gone by. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. Um, Another person is Jennifer at Hartsburg Endon, you know, and she's reached some of those milestones. So I, I know it's possible and I know I can coach for another 10 or 15 years, God willing. And I think it'd be really cool to, you know, coach 30 years at, at Lujai. Yeah. Um, how, and in saying that, I mean, it's, it's fun when you win, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, way more fun when you win. Yeah. Um, so to say that you've built the program to where it's at has to be a part of, you know, okay, I think I can do this longer because it's yeah. not like, obviously there's challenges. Don't yes. get me wrong. We'll get yeah. into that. But like, <laughs> It definitely helps when you win yeah. to, to say, yeah, I can keep doing I can this. keep doing it. Yeah, and um, I, high school is just different because it can be cyclical. Um, you have your up years, you have your down years, but you just hope your down years are not super down, you know, so that it keeps you motivated to want to keep going. Um, over my 15 years, I can really only think of one year where we weren't above 20 wins, and it was just one of those years where I had those group of girls that were freshmen, they were learning the game, and then the I think we ended up, you know, doing really well the next year. So it just is one of those things that if you can have your kids and your parents buy into continuing to be disciplined and work hard, those down years aren't so down. Yeah. So when you have the success that you have, um, the wins, like you said, just kind of pile up and you said 15 years just goes by quick. Yeah. Um, but what would you say is the biggest reason that you've been able to do this for 15 years there? Well, (laughs) I can't hire myself. (laughs) Um, Definitely my family. I could not do it without the support of my family. I mean, my husband, we have three kids and they're starting to get super involved. And last year was crazy because my boys were in fall ball. This year is crazy because they're in fall ball, but I can't do it without him and my mom and my dad who help either pick them up or watch them so we can practice right after school. Because I also want it to be, Um, helpful for my high school girls so they can get home and do homework and do those things. Um, My mother-in-law has been amazing because she is basically, if my husband's somewhere with one of the boys, she's running the other one somewhere else. So um, definitely it takes a village and that really is, you know, there's that saying, but it's so true in the coaching realm. And I'm sure if you ask any other coaches that have family um, in the area, they're probably helping or using those family, you know, to their extent so that they can be successful. And I'm, I'm thankful because it allows me to put the time and energy into my team. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I didn't have that support, I would probably not be giving my full to my, my team. And that's how you're successful. You know, I, I kind of am absent for about two or three months in my family's life. Still there, but yeah. less. Um. Even for my job, when I'm gone at night, which is the same situation, um, and I only have two kids that are young, very, a lot younger. Not involved in activities, we'll say that. Not yet, yes. (laughs) Um, Not yet. But I I still will catch myself occasionally being like, oh, you know, I really haven't seen them a lot this week. Like, okay, next week I have to make sure to play that. Yeah. How how do you manage that sort of I think it's just to keep, make those connections. So like yesterday, you know, we had a long day, Friday night and Saturday with the tournament, and yesterday, I just kind of made a point to get my individual time with each of the kids, whether it was extra cuddles or going out to play or playing Barbies or whatever it was, just so that they knew, you know, mom is here. She's just, you know, focused on uh, another aspect of their, her life. But they love Luhai, too, because they ask about the team. Like, when yeah. we got done, they're like, Mommy, how did you do? And they were so excited. And I'll find little notes that says, you better win tonight. You know, obviously, they're kidding, but they, <laughs> they're cheering me on 
even though they may not be at the games because it is probably easier for my husband not to bring them. You know, my youngest is four and she wants mom all the time. Yeah. Um, so they're there and they're supporting me, but just not necessarily at the games all the time. And, you know, JV could go three sets and then you could have an hour warm up like Absolutely. you do for volleyball and then you're like, yeah, nine. Oh, it's nine thirty. <laughs> you're it's like past their heck? bedtime. <laughs> yes, yes, and they'll. I'm sure their parents or their parents, their teachers are thanking me that I don't take them to my games the night before school. <laughs> the the family aspect of kind of Lutheran High, I, I know it from going there for three years yeah. and graduating from there, um, and seeing, you know, like you said, not only how much like. This, the sibling aspect, like everybody's siblings is always there involved, mm-hmm. whether it's younger, older. Yeah. Um, how much do you think that helps a program like yours where, I mean, it's a smaller school. Mm-hmm. It's, you only have limited resources in terms yeah. of who's coming I, through those doors. Again, I just go back to the, the word support because, like, even just this weekend, you know, we got displaced. You know that. And we had to find a new location. And UIS was phenomenal. It was so fun having it there because yeah. we were two courts all in the same area. But I couldn't have done it without, like, all the parents and the parents' kids that came to help with them that aren't the volleyball players. And they're there giving their time just doing admissions or helping with the hospitality room. And I think that when you have that atmosphere that is a family, like, you don't want to let anybody down. Like, that's how I feel in my family. I don't want to let anybody down or disappoint them. And so you just have everybody's backs. And it then becomes super successful because they're there willing to put in that time and the energy um, and I just loved looking in the fans, you know, and seeing some of the younger siblings cheering on their their um, teammates and family, and and it's, it's just awesome to see that. Well, I think seeing that too, those little kids look up to those kids, and then it's like that's how the program stays yeah. successful, strong. relevant, mm-hmm. strong because you know they're like, oh, I want to do that. Part, I yeah. want to go to state. Yeah. I want to. I want to be a part of that. And like we talked about last year, those girls remember watching some of that and seeing it yeah. and being like, oh, you know. Yeah. everything can happen the right way to where that's yeah. possible yeah absolutely and so I think we have a really good mix of that of just the support and the family and and sticking together and just you can feel it from the sidelines too you know we have um, girls that bring all sets of their grandparents and they they come up to me and they say hi and they give me water bottles or you know just something like that because they're like oh we noticed you're thirsty like they just they're, they're genuinely caring individuals which makes it fun then to keep coaching and then that keeps you going because you're building those relationships and you're you're not just doing it to coach and take up time you're doing it because you genuinely care for those girls and then the parents and the grandparents that come with them now it's been a while since i was at lutheran but i remember the volleyball team being successful and before i wasn't allowed to go in the gym anymore there was you know the banners up from those teams that when i was there and um so how do you think or how do you see or how do you remember the volleyball program growing and becoming, like we talked about in the preview, a, a team that when you guys walk in a gym, yeah. they're like, oh, that's Luther. Like, we gotta- <laughs> well, I'm glad they think that. That's nice. Um, but I think, you know, I've been a part of the volleyball program, if you want to say, since the early 90s because my sisters played. And I just remember going and they were just good and fun and competitive and a great team to watch and so back then it was Kate Ruglis who was the coach and when she ended up leaving um, we had Ashenbrenner and he came in and I just again I think it goes back to keeping your teams disciplined now it doesn't mean you can't have fun when yeah. you have the discipline but it's just when you're disciplined kids like being having limits and they like um, I feel like they feed off better when they're 
um, in that atmosphere. And so I think that that's one of the biggest key things I would say I've noticed over that, oh my gosh, 30 years now, is that crazy? 20, 20 plus years, Uh um, is just the discipline that is expected in the program and because it's expected it continues to funnel down now we've changed things even in my 15 years of coaching things that i did my first year i'm not necessarily doing or we've expanded and done different things but the the traditions and expectations of of discipline and um just the level of play we want to play at has not changed and so it's fun to see that that's carried on throughout at least my 15 years but i definitely know before that the SEC football program has seen a lot of success yeah. for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, and since they're a private school, people say, oh, you know, mm-hmm. they get kids. Yeah. They recruit kids, whatever. Um, the haters would could say the same thing about you guys yeah, just because, absolutely. you know, it's a private school, so you don't have to move. You don't have that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you address that? Like. It's clearly not true. It is not true. I know that. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying. Well, it's funny because I do joke with people. I say, oh, yeah. I say, come play. Pay $8,000 and play for me. That's how I recruit. (laughs) Um, It's obviously kidding. But, I mean, they have to pay tuition. So, I, you know, I, you're going to have haters. And if they want to think that. But if you look at my program, I would say 95% of the girls are from either a Lutheran or Christian grade school in the area. Yeah. It's an outlier sometimes when you have somebody that's not from a Christian grade school coming to my school Mm -hmm. and it has happened you know Abby Heiss was from Jacksonville but she played for me club when she was little so she knew of me she knew the program and she was having a hard time at Jacksonville High School so she decided to move to Springfield to come to Lutheran High because they were also Lutheran they just happened to live in Jacksonville (laughs) so again I go back to a lot of the the kids that are coming to me are mostly Lutheran and or Christian kids that want to be in a Christ-centered environment so and that's one name, one example in 20 years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in exactly, in my 15 like, years oh, of yeah. coaching. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. she was pretty good, but you've also had some really good teams. Like, yes. There's no question about that. Well, thanks. Um, all right, let's get into what happened. Well, actually, t- to kind of add on to that yeah. before we go, um, when COVID hits and pandemic mm-hmm. happens and all this stuff, um, public schools and private schools could deal with everything differently. Um, because of just the way everything's set up. Um, how do you feel like Lutheran High was able to handle that and grow from that situation yeah. and have kids? You know, because you understand and see the importance of not only sports, but yeah. being face-to-face in a classroom. Yes. I mean, I think it it was imperative for us to be in person. That is... and. We did a great job in that May of 20 or March of 2020, whatever, going online. Everybody did what they could. But our the way that we... As a school, I feel like our best attribute is the relationships that we make so that we can show Christ's love. And it's really, really hard to do that through a computer. So I'm really thankful that when we were able to choose to be in-person or non-in-person, you know, with a mask, um, we decided to be in-person. And I think that just helped us continue to grow those relationships and see that we are a family where they're supporting. Even in a pandemic, we're there to, um, to help these these students flourish and again we couldn't play sports at that time but we were trying to get in as many open gyms as we could you know that was legal at that time with the mask and oh my gosh it was just so funny though practicing just at the beginning of this year and I reminded the girls I said remember last year 
we were in a mask. Legit, had to wear like, masks, and yeah. I was telling, like, I think it was my assistants because we didn't do a ton of conditioning last year. Yeah. Because we couldn't, they couldn't breathe. It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of fun. I get to do some conditioning now and make you stronger in a different area of your in your skill set. But yeah, it's just kind of nuts to think back at that. Yeah. And but then, I think that because of COVID, like seriously, this is kind of crazy, and I don't, I've never thought I would say, oh, I'm glad COVID happened. <laughs> it was kind of good because it's prepared me now for this. Yeah. That it's helped me become more flexible, probably as a coach and an AD, because you had to kind of adjust on the fly during COVID, whether something was canceled or we couldn't play games forever, and then you had to redo your schedule 15 times to fit it in in the spring schedules that we had. So when this happened and our you know, the mind subsidence occurred at Lutheran High, you know, first thing I thought was, I can do this. Like, I had to. I had to think, I can do this. I can find a new place. We we will get through this. But I, I don't know if I would have had that mindset. I would have tried to have that mindset. Yeah. But I don't know if I really would have had that much of a growth mindset had COVID not happened. Yeah. What... What did go through your head that day? The first, what, when was the first day and what, what was that like? What, walk uh, me through it. So, well, this is what's even crazier is um, the Friday, it was like the, before Father's Day. So like the 16th or 17th of um, June, yeah. I think is what that Friday was. We got word that the power went out at Luhai. They were digging fiber optic cables to do all the new fiber optics yeah. outside on West Washington. Mm-hmm. And they were digging and hit uh, one of our fiber optic cables and cut it. So we had no air conditioning. So like summer camp's going on. They're dealing with it. They were at the fair, luckily, that day for most of the day. But my thought was, holy cow, I have camp on Monday. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I was trying more to troubleshoot. How can I figure out how to have camp if half of the school doesn't have power? Will I have air? Like, and it's, you know, June. So you definitely don't want 60-some kids in the gym with no air. And... So honestly, I selfishly, I really wasn't thinking about anything else. It was well, where my camp was going to be. Doesn't go there yet. Yeah. But then, so I I figure that out. I get my camp moved to OS. Thank God. Like that again, another godsend that there was nothing, nothing in the gym that week. How weird is that? I mean, yeah. they had I think vacation never. <laughs> I think they had vacation Bible school in the morning, but they were like, oh, we can adjust and you can have the the gym all night. It was like a six hour, you know, because like, it's two different levels. Yeah. Six hours I was going to be in the gym, and I'm like. Thank you. Like, yeah. amazing. But so then um, on Sunday was when the actual mind subsidence must have happened. Like, the first burst of whatever was going on with the earth or underneath us. Because then on Monday, I get a message or a text from our maintenance guy. Because I was like, hey, what do you think again? Do you think I can get have camp on Monday? Yeah. And um, he's like... I'm not sure. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just stick with it at OS all week just yeah. so that people aren't confused. People aren't coming on Monday and having to go back to Luhai. We'll just keep it at OS. And we both kind of agreed that was the best idea. But then I went into school on Monday, and that's where all the bulging of the tiles was happening. And I was like, I, I can't even tell you probably what I was thinking because I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah. what? Does your head say, like, what's wrong with the floor? Like, what Yes. Do do like, like, what is... put something on it? Right. Well, and that's when they were like something's happening and I don't know if it's they hit something and then it caused it I don't know that's all neither here nor there but you're like that's really coincidental that they're digging and then this happens but whatever um and so at first I'm like okay we can like patch this or it can be fixed and then it just over the week it just kept getting worse and every time I went into the school 
it was just worse and worse. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with the gym. Like the gym is fine. The floor is fine. Everything's fine. And I think because again, I had my camp away, um, basketball was in there the next week and he's like, yeah, I don't really think there's any issues. But then they started noticing like an uphill, like they would put the ball in the center court and it would roll one way. Like that's not supposed to happen. (laughs) And I was like, that's when my brain just started like, oh my gosh, this is not good. Like we're going to have to find completely one, one where to practice all summer to what I'm, am I going to even be able to have games in the fall? Like maybe they can put a beam underneath. Like I'm thinking, how can we fix it? Yeah. And then at that point, it just continued to drop and drop. I mean, I think it's still dropping now. It's sad. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Do you just have to wait? Yeah, we have to wait until everything settles. And I don't know. You know, that can be five months, a year. <laughs> you don't know like yeah. how long it's going to take to to settle. But every time I go in, because we can still get in and get our stuff. Like, they haven't condemned the building. Yeah. Um, I Honestly, I still have a ton of PE stuff stored there because we're thankfully at Nazarene. But there's not a lot of storage for me to keep, like, PE equipment mm-hmm. there. So I'm probably going to have to go back and forth throughout my units. And every time I go in, I'm just like, I don't know, I just want to cry. But I've, I've kind of coped with that and had my crying session when I moved my office out. Yeah. Because I was in there, you know, for 15 years, and I've been at Lutheran High since I was nine. Mm-hmm. You know, when my sister was a freshman in high school, we started hanging out. That's where we were every, you know how often games are, every three, four well, nights well, we were there. Work at a school, you were there. Right, you were there all the time, and you know that from there. experience. So it was our second home. Yeah. I mean, it really was. So cleaning out my office, I think that's when it really hit me, and I just, all that emotion. And I know, again, and I keep stressing this to my parents and to my players because I really truly believe it, that it's not the building, it's what we're building, and that is our theme for volleyball this year. Um, It really is. It's the people that you're around. It's the people you're with that make what you're doing matter. But, again, cleaning out that office, it kind of, like, was very emotional. (laughs) So not to, like, ask you to get too into it or be a scientist, but, like, so there's literally just a mine under the building that... Collapsed, I guess. And so now they just wait until the earth stops shifting to that mine and yeah. the whole building could just fall into that, right? I don't know. You know when they... Or is it just like... When... So Carlinville, I'm pretty sure Carlinville... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Mount Olive had this happen because we actually just went there the other night. Yeah. And the gym we were playing on was what had mines inside its under it. And so they've obviously rebuilt there and it's a beautiful gymnasium. But she was telling me that that actually collapsed. So I guess it just depends on the structure around it. It could possibly collapse, but right now it doesn't look like anything's collapsing because, and it could be because we have that new addition that's there that's helping at least that part is not, but it's being pulled. You know, I'm pretty sure the mine's like directly underneath my office yeah. and locker rooms. Like, so it's all shifting in there and you're like oh awesome so my office you know continues to get flooded when it rains outside i don't even want to go in there now like after the rain we had yesterday it probably stinks really bad (laughs) yeah so yeah you just kind of wait to see how much it settles um they were in the summertime this is before uh we totally shifted and changed buildings as they were going in there daily to see the rate at how much stuff was shifting and so that like every day it would have been moving an inch or two inches or whatever just like for instance like the beam in the gym is a steel beam completely bent and you're just like what how steel's not supposed to bend yeah like it's just when you see stuff like that you're like 
wow. You really have no control over it. No, none. I'm like, this is the epitome of a natural disaster. As an athletic director and as a mom, you have to be like, dude, what? Like, what the heck? <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. You can't plan. You can't. Yeah. No. Um, so. so when they built the new addition, and obviously Lutheran knows that this has been there. Yeah. Because they've owned that land for mm-hmm. how long? Like this was never even well. So when they built the new no, when they built the new addition, they checked underneath and everything was fine. So when they draw, if you looked at a Springfield map, they can draw where they believe they mined for coal, but sometimes they weren't always putting the exact measure or whatever because of probably how much they collected or you know. So back in the forties, I mean, now we're talking twenty twenty two, so. The, ma- the maps show it, but they don't really uh-huh. specify exactly where they are. So so outside of, you know, waiting and seeing and mm-hmm. hoping, um, the plans for Lutheran are to eventually just build back there? Or? Yes. So build. I'm not sure where. So obviously our first most important um, agenda item was getting to a new location, <laughs> which, yeah. so which was Nazarene. So we we were able since you know all of this happened. I want to say June first was where, or July first was when we were just like, yeah, we're not going to be able to be in the building. Yeah. Um, so from July first to August thirteenth, when we moved, so we were able to get like two semis, um, tons of tractor trailers, just from families in the Luhai community, which was amazing. And we moved the entire school pretty much. That was necessary. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of stuff still at the school that's going to go into long-term storage. Um, everything that was necessary to Nazarene. So the first objective was getting school started. So we started school last Wednesday, the 22nd, and now we've been in school for four days. Yeah. Um, I believe the board is meeting. Like, the next step is to meet and to talk about long-term. So I know we have the a lease with Nazarene for two years yeah. so that we're not, like, displaced again in another year yeah. and we have nowhere to go. Um so my hope is, you know, fairly soon they'll be talking about what the next plan is. Yeah. Um, but soccer's still playing out there. Yes. So it's absolutely safe. There's no issues with the parking lot. There's no issues with our outdoor fields. Yeah. Um, all of that is has been deemed safe, obviously. And, they again, they haven't even condemned the building. So until they actually condemn the building, I don't think they would say you can't even be around yeah. the outside areas. Um, and, it, and what's sad is you drive by the building and it's still so beautiful. Yeah. And so you're like, what? There's issues? Or yeah. maybe people don't even know because it's still standing. Yeah. It's like, why so, are there no kids out there? Right. <laughs> and so that's I think that's the saddest part is you really don't understand until you walk inside. So, But, yeah, we're still able to use our fields and our soccer teams starting off super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 4-1 and one or 3-1. and 4-1. and one. Yeah. And volleyball starting off strong. Cross country had a meet. Our football co-op just won. So I mean, we're doing some great things regardless of the adversity that's been thrown at us. Yeah. And so when you talk to these kids, especially this group of seniors, yeah, you make it to state as juniors. And you know, we talked about it last year, but it's like you know, it's not guaranteed. Maybe that was a year early, but at the same time, you know, you have to yeah. take full advantage. Because Absolutely. Anything can happen this year. Clearly. And yeah. And. And so, especially you being so close to a couple of the players on the team for family reasons, you understand how much these kids have gone through in the past four years. And, you know, they are smart enough and thankfully to say, you know, this makes us better. This is, we're going to be 
better adults for this. But at the same time, they're seventeen-year-old kids. Oh, like, I know. how do you try to make sure that they understand that life isn't always this hard? Yeah. <laughs> like what um, they've gone through the last three years is just it is. Insane. I mean, but also I want to say like life is not this hard, but sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes life is really hard, and so this is just going to help prepare them to be flexible, like we said, and to be able to cope. You know, I teach health class and we talk about coping and things are hard in life, but do we want to use healthy coping mechanisms or unhealthy? And obviously I tell them as their (laughs) health teacher, they want to choose healthy coping ways. Um, But this is the same thing. Like you're coping with these, how are you coping with them? And I think they have a completely positive outlook and positive attitude in the sense of saying, you know, the stinks, but we are still going to prove that we're a great volleyball team in spite of where we play um, if we have a gym, if we don't have a gym, if we have a true school building that's Lou High's, or if we're making uh, an, a building our high school for the year. And I think that they are very smart individuals. It stinks. I'm sure that there's times where if they're struggling with something, they're probably like, why is this happening? You know? Yeah. But I truly believe that of all the groups that I've had, you know, they haven't had a normal school year since being in high school I said why not you throw this in too because um, they can do it they yeah. can deal with it yeah but as a as a health teacher as an yeah. athletic director as a mom as an aunt um, how do you try to make sure the mental health aspect yeah. of the athletes is, is also something that you're you know, I, I definitely am just telling them that if you're struggling with something to talk to me or talk to someone, I, I mean, I hope they would talk to me. Um, but also that I, I'm trying to make it more about a family and supporting each other and having fun. And then the volleyball is a part of it. You know, we want to have fun. We want to be out there. We stressed all through COVID. You never know when it could be your last game. And I think we're still just taking advantage of that in the sense of, we get to play this game we love. doesn't matter where. doesn't matter what's going on. We get to play the game we, we love. But I, because of all the stuff that's happened with mental health, just in like college, in NCAA, and yeah. things like that, I definitely stress my girls, don't take it too seriously. You have to take a step back. If there's something going on or you're dealing with something mentally, again, like I said, talk to someone. Talk to me because... It's not like you're way too important. God has a purpose for you, even though there's times you feel helpless. Yeah. But just remembering that, that there is a purpose for you, and God has you in this place, in this, uh, you know, in this school, on this team for a reason. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we give enough credit to, and I think we did, we talked about it a little bit early, but um, I don't want to go this whole time without talking about this exact team and how yeah. good they are because. Um, as you know, it doesn't happen often. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a special thing. And, you know, like we said, it happened last year, so it's awesome that they got that experience, but you don't know what's going to happen this year. What, though, do you see about this team that maybe is different from last year or is something that you're like, oh, they took another step? No, and they definitely have. And just seeing in the seven games that we've played so far this year, we are so much better than last year. We're just being smarter. We're making better choices. We are... I feel like we're scrappier. Like, I felt like we were scrappy last year, but we're scrappier. And um, I think that they just, again, took the off season and realized what they needed to continue to work on and did it to get better. Um, also, I think that they just, they are so hungry. Like, they are hungry 
to prove to people that we really are a great team. And sometimes I know, because I also have been coaching at Lutheran for 15 years. I was a player at Lutheran. Sometimes people look in the, oh, you're just 1A. No, like it doesn't matter what what division we are. We are a phenomenal team, and we have phenomenal players regardless of 1A, 2A, whatever. Um, and I just hope we prove that every time we step on the floor. Yeah. It doesn't matter what level we are. We will play the best volleyball we can play. And hopefully, you know, if we play a 4A team, because it's great disciplined volleyball, we can beat them. And, you know, I think people will say summer league is summer league, and you don't know who's there, who's not, and yeah. who's playing or who's not. But it's got to prove to them something when they go play Rochester, as she mm. plays all summer, summer long. Like, you know, like you said, yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, 1A is yeah. fine. No, and I think that the girls... Um, they use that as just motivation to continue to work hard and to prove to people that we can play with um, the biggest schools. Now, granted, some of them we play in season and some we don't, but it, I think it just helps build their confidence knowing that they are good enough to play with teams that have students of the size of 1,500 or 700 and we're 145 kids. Like We can compete and play great volleyball when we step on the floor. Talk about the scrappiness and, you know, just kind of like you said, the will. Um, how mad were they to get fourth? Oh, they were so mad. They I mean, were so that's mad. That's a great and accomplishment. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I will, I mean, going to state, I, since going in 2011, yeah. you know, it has been my goal to get back there. And I will never hang my head about us getting fourth, but I know that our team, and you know our team, was probably better than that. And I think, we, oh my gosh, we ha- had to play Southeastern. Phenomenal team. On that day, they were better than us. But I feel like, you know, you always as a coach think, man, if we could have played on a different day, yeah. I think it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're mad that they got fourth. They're happy that they were able to go, but they want to prove to people that we are better than what we showed when we went there last year. Yeah. And I mean, St. Thomas more. <laughs> I don't know. They were very, very good. And we didn't yeah. have to play them. We did not no, have to I play know them. that, but like, yeah, I, when I saw that they were there, I was like, okay, I just watched them play in U 3A, in, 3A yeah. in a sectional championship, and they were insane. See, now that, that confuses me as a small, small 1A school. Yes. That's I, private, which I know you, we get the multiplier, and we suffered the multiplier after the 2012 or after we won in 2011, we yeah. got third. Uh, we probably should have still been 1A in 2012, 13, 14, 15, but we got bumped up to 2A yeah. all of those years, and we went to sectional yeah. all of those years in 2A, yeah. but we didn't never, you know, so that's what's frustrating to me because I'm like, dang it. I know, and I don't understand that. I haven't really looked into it, but it's like, oh, yeah. wow, like, that's crazy. It is. Yeah. And I think I did kind of look into it, and it's because they changed the cycle with IHSA, yeah. and you're... You're not penalized on a two-year cycle, but then you're like, huh? Like, and I'm like, why couldn't they have had that back, <laughs> back in 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Man, no, but coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's all right. It's only going to make us stronger and and more resilient, right? Yeah. yeah. To play those teams too. How much better is volleyball in Springfield area <laughs> than in 2011? Oh my gosh amazing like i i thought we were pretty good in 2011 like centrally located but it has just exploded in the last in the last 10 years yeah because that would be 10 years why is that um honestly i think 
the girls are just playing more and touching a ball more. Yeah. Like, they played club, but even when I was playing, too, so, I mean, that was late 90s, early 2000s, we were playing club, but it was only for, like, two or three months. It wasn't longer than that. Yeah. And then that's, I think, when the IHSA had that rule that you couldn't even play in the summer with your teams. You could have some open gyms, yeah. but it was only, like, once a week or something like that. And it was so that kids could still be kids. And um, not that it's bad that they changed it, but I just think volleyball players are playing year-round as opposed to in 2010 where um, they were maybe playing multiple sports. I still have multi-sport athletes, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but they're, pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. But they're definitely... They're, yeah, Lutheran, you kind of have to be able to. Yes, right, exactly. But they definitely are picking... I think volleyball over basketball even. Yeah. Some of these girls. And um, I personally picked volleyball over basketball when I went to college. But it was because I didn't really like being hit anymore, the contactness of basketball. And I think a lot of girls kind of feel that same way. Like they love banging the, the ball, but they don't like people touching them on the other side. And so I think just volleyball in general has been, it's being played more. And how does that help a small school like you guys who, um, I mean, when you book your schedule, it's like, okay, here's the five games yeah. that we actually have to show up for, and yes. the rest, we just get a walk through. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, now I, we have to show up for a lot. Yeah. You know, it used to be like, okay, we can kind of not have to plan. Even the bad teams have yes, to plan that are, that that are playing, that are that are playing competitive yeah. club. And so it was so funny because we play tomorrow night, and I just, first uh, Pawnee, and one of the girls, she's like, hey, isn't that freshman that you helped work with at camp in the summer there? And I was like, oh, darn it. Like, she was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Like, I really got to be on my A game tomorrow. Yeah. And it's just, and so they know each other because they're playing, you know, all year long. So. Um, we'll get you out of here on this. What, as a coach, what would you consider a failure of a season this year? Well, when I preach to my girls, we don't lose we win or learn so I guess I would have to preach that back to myself where if we didn't finish where I wanted to I have to use it as a learning curve and not as a failure um but I would be super (laughs) I would be super bummed (laughs) if we didn't make it I don't know past regionals past sectionals I think we have the full ability to do that um depending on if we continue to progress like I see us progressing so I, I don't want to say failure because um, of the fact that I don't preach that to my girls. I don't know. That's a that's a hard question. Yeah, I know. Sorry. That's okay. No, it's a good question. It's yeah. just hard. And I also don't even want to necessarily think about the end of this year. You yeah. know, it just makes me kind of get teary. No, I know. We're still early, but it's like... Teary and cry because I have such a great team. And uh, and I want to cherish all of these, these days I have with them because a lot of them are seniors. Yeah. I know you're a pretty competitive person. <laughs> Not at all. If you if the camera was off, you'd probably say we need to make it. Thank you to Katie for her time and honestly a great conversation about all things volleyball, Lutheran High, and plenty more. That's it for this week. Remember, we're still looking for a sponsor for this podcast, so reach out if you're interested. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.